Grace Point Revealed Podcast, episode number one. Who killed Danny Solano? That is the question. Was it me? Was it Clint? Was it you? I don't know. Welcome to Grace Point Podcast, Grace Point Revealed Podcast, Episode 1. I'm Daryl. Nice seagull impersonation. That was, it, that was my deadly seagull impression. It wasn't quite like a flock of seagulls impersonation, no. but you know, it's not bad for it. I almost went smashing pumpkins when you said, is the killer me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's going to do a little disarm. I don't know any smashing pumpkins songs what? or lyrics. What? No, I don't. You know what my one uh, memory of smashing pumpkins is? My, no, Daryl, I don't know what your one memory of smashing pumpkins is, but I'd love to hear about it. All right. Allow me to briefly tell you. My stepbrother was a huge Guns N' Roses fan growing up, and and I appreciated them very much, still do, in fact. He went to a Guns N' Roses concert one time. This would have been in the late 80s, early 90s, Uh and Smashing Pumpkins was the opening band for GNR that night, and they got booed off the stage. And I remember him coming home from the concert and telling me how terrible they were. They've come a long way since then, obviously. <laughs> oh, sure. But yeah, that They've was... They've come and gone a long way <laughs> since that's then. True. <laughs> that's true. Well, thank you for coming and spending some time with us today as we're talking about the Grace Point pilot, simply called Episode 1. Episode 1. They're not doing anything creative with these episode titles, which is a little bit disappointing. I, I'm i the kind of guy that loves a good episode title. Yeah, I'm too. You know, Fox hasn't really decided, I think, whether this is going to be a miniseries or if it's like the following where it's a special event miniseries and uh-huh. then they can turn it into a full show. So Right. I think, that's, I, I think you're definitely right about that. I don't know if that has anything to do with the episode names or not, but... We see some some studio or some uh, networks doing this. You know, CBS did that with Under the Dome. It was right. supposed to be a miniseries. Now they just finished season two. Right. So, so this could be the same. Yeah, thing. I mean, it's kind of a less risky way to to get it out there, right? Yes, exactly. You yeah. don't. Yeah, and so th- I, I would imagine if it's anything like the show it's based on, they're going to wrap up this case very much the same way that the following did. Right. The following right. had a definite ending, in my opinion. It did, but it also left it open it for, right. for more for things. season two. I think that's, you're going to get the same right. thing here. So. Yeah. All right, Daryl. Grace Point episode one was directed by James Strong mm-hmm. and written by Chris Chibnall. Mm-hmm. I almost said Chinball. Chinball is, is close. They're cousins. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Chris Chibnall. Mm-hmm. And a pretty good episode. Yeah, and this is the teleplay is what they gave Chris credit for on this episode. Obviously, he's the same guy that wrote Broadchurch right. and was the brainchild that we spoke in our last episode about being the the brainchild behind Broadchurch. So that is uh, none other than uh, Chris Chibnall himself or Chibnall. That's right. Yeah. I don't know. At some point, you know, we're not going to do this a whole lot, but in this episode, we will. We'll do some comparisons to this and Broadchurch. This will not largely be a podcast where we say, all right, let's talk about Grace Point and let's talk about how it compared to Broadchurch. I think in this episode, it's it's at least somewhat appropriate to do that, uh, particularly since both of us have seen Broadchurch. 
But I think more appropriately, what makes it more appropriate is worth mentioning is that the public at large, you know, when I was going through the Twitter feeds and reading online fl- forums and even some of the chatter we had on our Facebook group, a lot of people are, are saying, okay, here's my take on it compared to broad church. So just right. kind of keep that in mind as we go through tonight in this episode, we're, we're going to make some of those comparisons and probably at some point we'll just kind of spiel it out what what we thought i don't know if we want to lead with that or not or if you want to maybe save that for the end or what do you think we need to how, how we ought to work that in um yeah i think we should get the uh, feedback intro from mark and then we can start talking about some of the differences okay you know there there, there are a bunch of differences um i will just say up front first of all mm-hmm. just a point of clarification because you said we both have seen broad church you and i have both seen the pilot that's correct yes broad church. thank you for making that clear yes. i've watched the full season daryl you've stayed Spoiler free, you didn't watch anything after the first season. Is that correct? After the first episode. After, after the first episode. See, now See, you're doing it. Now I'm doing it. All right. As long as we, we keep each other That's straight right. between the two of us, maybe the audience will follow along. I hope so. I do too. Yeah, let's listen to what Mark had to say. He had kind of just a an overview intro uh, t- type of comment that I thought we should start out this show with today. Okay. Hi, Daryl. Hi, Clint. Mark Decote here from Ontario, Canada, calling in about Grace Point. Welcome back, Clint. Nice to have you back on the air. First off, let me state I have not seen Broad Church, so I have absolutely no idea what to expect of this show. But after watching the pilot, I must say that I was very, very impressed with it. The cinematography was amazing. The acting was top notch. The locations were perfect for the settings. And I think overall, this, the program is very well done. Now, I can't remember the last time I watched a TV show and paid this close attention to all the details. I was listening to every word spoken, watching everybody's movements, watching the background. A couple of times I actually rewound it because I wanted to double check something that was in the background or a sign or or what somebody else was doing in a crowd. As I said, I can't remember the last time I was so focused on what was happening on screen in a TV show. I tell you, I can remember the last time. It was watching Lost. I mean, that's the approach that I took to Lost. Watch the foreground, watch the background, maybe not necessarily listen to the intricacies of the dialogue and and for um, body language cues and stuff like that, right. like we're doing in, this, in right. this show. But as far as the last time I watched a show and really focused in on what was happening on every piece of the screen was, was Lost. Yeah, Fringe, I, I did that a little bit as mm-hmm. well. Sure. Um, you know, there were certainly aspects of that that were where things kind of played into one another. Community, surprisingly, is another show that, that, I, right? that I do that with because there's so many inside jokes. I mean, they've got jokes that's, that started in like episode six of season one and then finally play out, huh. uh, you know, in, in season three where, you know, they say Beetlejuice in like, three different episodes and three different seasons. And the third time they say it, Beetlejuice walks by in the background. That's hilarious. I mean, that, so that's the kind of inside jokes that they had. Yeah. Okay. I digress. Um, you know, just having watched Broadchurch and then rewatched it, there are clues who the killer is, but they're really, really subtle. Okay. So if you're going to pick up on it on the first time and my parents, actually, I have to give them credit. They watched it with us. Uh huh. They picked up on it. Either that or they got online and read spoilers, but they claimed that they didn't. So, okay. so they were able to pick up on actually, you know, probably the one clue. And it was just something that would just happen in the background, in the middle of the season, in the middle of the episode. Okay. Kind of the, so not the in the clue. pilot though. Not in the pilot. Okay. But, but I can say, and I think we've got comments about this, you know, if it's anything like Broadchurch, uh-huh. we've seen the killer. Right. Right. They've established 
you know, there's that great establishing shot, the small town and then the newspaper and then you get the church. Mm -hmm. And then there's that scene in the morning where Mark Solano doesn't know that his son is dead and he's, he's walking down the main street in the town. He walks by every single person, you know, in the town that either isn't, you know, hasn't already been shown in the show Mm -hmm. or who could be the killer. Yeah. Every person of consequence, every person of interest. Yeah. Person of interest. That's a better word. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I've never heard that before. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, I remember asking you that, I don't know if I asked it during the podcast that we did for the intro or if it was just in conversations that we've had, if that establishing shot it reveals the killer, at least is the killer in that shot. Yes. And, and you said, yes, that, that the killer was, at least in Broadchurch. I think it's safe to assume that, I think that, so. that we have the same here. Now, we have the prime suspect poll that we have going on on the website. Uh, that's goldenspiralmedia.com slash prime suspect. All one word? All, all one word, yep. Okay. And so you can go there and cast your vote. We'll talk about that on, on uh, at the end of the episode today. But when I first put that poll together, I only included the people that had um, mug shots, if you will, or that's not a, cause it, because of what we're talking about here. Yeah, promo uh, shots. Promo right? shots, yeah, yeah uh, over on the Fox Press website. And then uh, uh, the night of the premiere, Fox actually has their own poll, their own website called suspecteveryone.com. And they had three characters that did not have promo shots for on the website, on the on the uh, press website. And that would be Hugo Garcia, the CSI that we right. we saw. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the uh, Raymond Connolly, the you dropped your wrench guy as yeah. he's, during that opening shot. And then Kathy Eaton, who's the head journalist or the editor for the for the paper. Right. So I added those three people to the poll so you can go over and add those. But so yeah, everyone uh, that's in that kind of establishing shot is part of that that poll or or the family, you know, those sorts of things. Like you said, had not already been established because of the opening scene with right. the with the family. Right. Yeah, so I thought I you know that was a that was a great establishing shot mm-hmm. and you know, that was one of the things that I really appreciated about Broadchurch especially on the second second watch Mm -hmm. really great um this is uh mike gorham he sent in some feedback okay and uh mike gorham says the walk through in the town uh, in the beginning was a nice way of showing the small community and also to overload our eyes with the potential suspects it was very clever and i agree yeah so hopefully you caught that if not it's it's certainly worth going back and rewatching the episode just to just to catch that because it's a really nice touch yeah and it's you know, there's so much going on there. There's so much that you could read into that. And, and I'm sure that'll be, that'll be the scene when, when it's all said and done and we figure out who it is that I want to go back and watch that scene and figure out how that person interacted Acted, yeah. with Mark right. when they saw him. Because you know in that moment, just by the way that Mark is acting, and this is a fascinating kind of study too, He, like you just said, he has no idea his son is dead. Right. Look at the the, the reaction of him, the way that he's that he's acting. He's happy. He's inner, He's just smiling and goofing around and joking with everybody. And his son is dead. Obviously, his heart is about to be crushed. And the person who ever did it knows that. Right. You know. So I want to go back and look at that scene when it's all said and done, and just see was there a little subtlety there that I could have should have picked up on. Yeah. And maybe I did. Yeah. Maybe he did. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great shot though. It's, it's a great, even the, the, the very, at night, you know, when they, they go to the church 
uh, which the, the verse that they had on the marquee was, uh, was it do unto others as you would have them do unto you? Or was it, uh, oh, I don't love your neighbor as yourself. Maybe that's what it was. That no. might've been it. It was, it was, you know, one of the, it was one, that type like of golden uh, rule. Yeah. yeah. And, um, that, so that was a nice little, little touch. And so in the small town, you have the newspaper, which could be considered the gossip of sorts. Cause yeah. that's where everyone gets their news and their business. And you've got the church. And I just thought that was a great way to establish what's going on here. A bunch of, uh, people who, who find community within, within themselves, within, within their faith. And you know, the, the small town is just riddled with people getting into other people's business. that's that's absolutely true yeah and you know at at least with broad church i'm sure they're going to take this in a very similar direction i don't think it's too spoilery to say okay if it is we can edit it out and you can make the decision but okay you know the show itself and i might have already mentioned this but the show itself was really about the loss of innocence i mean that's Mm. that's in the pilot the show starts out with that walk right Mm -hmm. everybody's happy everybody's a neighbor everybody's a friendly and then you know through this horrific event of this one child dying Mark Solano, he, his family and his business are kind of a pillar Mm -hmm. in the community. They certainly touch a lot of lives, as you can see in that opening shot. But the attitude that uh, Emmett Carver brings, it's infectious, right? He's telling Miller, don't trust anybody, suspect everyone. When we go tell them, watch their eyes. You know, he's talking about the family that just lost their son, you know. Right. You know, see see if they're acting out of sorts. Seeing see if they're acting odd. And that attitude, you know, it it gets Miller. I think you see that a little bit in this mm-hmm. episode. Eventually, it starts permeating the whole, the whole town in a really kind of sad way. Hmm. So um, I like that. Yeah, I, I, I think that I don't think that's a spoiler. I think it's a nice little insight as we as we progress through it because you know most of us, I won't say most of us, a good chunk of us anyway. I don't know what that percentage is, but at least a good percentage of us have not seen anything beyond. Uh, what we've already seen right uh, in on broad church or grace point so and, uh, according to fox that's 99 percent of the viewing public is that right yes yeah so uh that that's a good thing so let's talk about some of the do you have any other i guess differences between broad church and grace points that you want to pick up on or do you want to do we want to talk about any of the differences in the way that these two shows these two episodes the, the pilots if you will were or shot or, or some of the similarities or anything. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so we got some feedback from Rose. Rose did a great job of kind of lining this out. She watched it with her mother. Okay. Who hadn't seen Broadchurch. She'd watched Broadchurch. And, you know, I went, I went and read some articles over the weekend and there were really two groups of people, <laughs> those who had seen Broadchurch mm-hmm. and were weirded out by how similar okay. this was. And then those that hadn't, that really liked the show. Okay. And so, and you kind of get that in, in, in roses. And I think that's the same reaction I had. Okay. Rose said, I had the pleasure of watching Grace Point with my mother who had not seen Broadchurch. My mother, a mystery fan was excited about Grace Point and couldn't wait to see what comes next. I had not told her about the differences of opinion concerning David Tennant's accent. When I asked her about his accent, she said, what accent? She hadn't noticed anything about his accent one way or the other. And I'll just pause there. Ask you, Daryl, what, what did you think of David, David Tennant's accent? I thought I thought the accent was very good. It's hard for me to say if I didn't know what his real accent sounded like, would I have noticed? You know, for example, Anna Torv when I first when when she was first on Fringe, right. I had never heard her before. I, I knew that she was Australian, I think, from the beginning, yeah. but I had never heard her speak before in an Australian accent. So it seemed natural to me. Here I have a much deeper experience with David Tennant, and so it didn't seem natural. Although I thought it sounded 
really, really good. The only times I noticed even a, just a tinge of his Scottish accent yeah. coming through was when he got really angry yeah. and yelled. Yeah. Those were the only times I, other than that. And even then it was just a tinge. Uh, so I thought he did a really good job. What, what about you? You know, I think as far as his accent went, he did a fantastic job. Uh, having lived in California, both in Southern and Central California, and uh-huh. visited Northern California, whoever his vocal coach was gets high marks for making it a Northern California accent. I thought he did, huh. did perfect. The only thing I would say is that typically it's a little bit slower. Okay. And so, um, you know, you got the speed of the Scottish accent with the, you know, the intonation of the Northern California accent. And so that's the only thing that was a little bit off, but I thought the accent, he did a, uh-huh. did a great job. Um, somebody mentioned, I think in our Facebook comments, and I don't remember who it was, so I apologize that the accent wasn't distracting for them at all. Uh-huh. Uh, but they're trying to figure out if that was his real hair. <laughs> I saw that comment too. His hair was a little bit longer. So, cause in, in, Doctor Who it was shorter and kind of spiky right. a little bit, and here right. it was definitely quite a longer and stringier. It looks because it was longer, right? And I think it was the same in Broadchurch, but it seemed it was red, and it's it was kind of like an awkward length. Right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, so I can see why people thought that that was a wig. It yeah. did look a little bit different. So. I didn't think it was a wig. I just thought it was odd. Odd. Yeah, yeah. I did, used to seeing him with the spike. Yeah. Yeah. Although I did see, I have seen him in, in the Broadchurch uh, pilot, but yeah. I'm curious, did your wife say anything about his accent? Because she's a, a speech pathologist, so she, she notices the way people speak and, and vo- vocal things more than I think the average person was with her background. Did she, did she say anything about well, it? Well, I, I have to admit she hasn't seen the first oh, episode Oh, okay, yet. okay, so, all right. Yeah, she was, she was saving it. I had to kind of sneak away from her and the kids to, to, <laughs> to, to, to watch the episode uh, because we had family in town this week. So, right. Um, but, but she'll definitely catch up. I'll let you know that next week. So uh, speaking of Doctor Who, uh, we're going back to Rose now, right? Yeah. <laughs> same Rose, I'm sure. Yeah. It does seem Wolf. appropriate in some way, yes. doesn't it, to have feedback from Rose? Rose. Yes. So going back to her feedback, she says, seeing it with fresh eyes, um, uh, she is seeing it. She's referring to her mother. She is seeing it with fresh eyes. Well, I felt a bit of dissonance. I suspect that I will get used to the differences in character in characters eventually. But meanwhile, I feel like I've been dropped into a parallel universe. And, and I'll just pause here and say I can completely relate because it was just like a parallel universe, you know, like we watch with Fringe, mm-hmm. you know, the except it would be like if somebody different was playing Anatore, but had all of her exact same mannerisms sure. and looked almost identical, but, you know, was speaking with an English accent or yeah. something like that. Or, or had Australian, the Australian accent, right. yeah. Right, so... I'm uh, still trying to figure out how someone named Rose feels like she got dropped into a parallel universe. I'm, I'm, that's blowing my mind a little bit. <laughs> that's funny. All right, sorry, I can't. Uh, I need to let it go, I guess. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, Carver is a darker, testier character than is Hardy. Hardy is the... Same character, just a different name in Broadchurch. Um, Grace points Ellie is feistier than Broadchurch's Ellie, which I would agree with. Okay. You know, Ellie had a very soft... Uh, which, which Ellie? The, the Broadchurch Ellie. Okay. Um, was a little bit softer. Um, certainly a, it seemed to be able to be wounded a little bit easier. You know, Anna Gunn came across as a little bit tougher, right? Mm-hmm which I, I think works for this show, especially for American audiences. Broadchurch's Ellie would have not told Hardy during the initial briefing that they, the local officers, know what they're doing in regards to the leaks and the press, which is true. Um, I can see small differences and some not-so-small differences in the two plots. 
the causes of death are different, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the big one. Yep. That's the one I think that will be the jumping off point for the differences. And I have to say, shows. I prefer the way Grace Point did it. With the blunt force trauma? Blunt force trauma. The thing that Great, uh, that Broadchurch did, and this isn't spoilery, I don't. I won't say how he was um, killed, maybe, um, but I'll say that what the CSI person determined was that it was very likely a man. So it almost immediately uh, eliminated all of the female suspects from the lineup. Now you could possibly say, well, that was just to throw us off. It was a red herring. Um, And maybe it was, I haven't seen the finale, but I will say that I I appreciated here, not really eliminating anybody by the blunt force trauma death cause of death. Yeah, no, I agree. So now it could be anybody, right? Yeah. Right. Um, the relationship between the journal's editor and the young reporter is testier than that between Broadchurch's Maggie and Ollie. My initial feeling is that Grace Point's Mark is more, more of an employer and less of a friend to Vince than Broadchurch's Mark is to Nigel, mm. which is kind of the same character. I may be wrong on that last impression since there's only one brief interaction so far between the two and Grace Point. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's that's Rose's comments. I think Rose did a, a great job of summarizing um, I had a couple more, uh, which I'll just cover here. One is, in, and I'm not sure, I don't exactly remember how it was handled on Broadchurch. I, broad I just remember it being handled different. So in Grace Point, they, in, in my mind, they missed a crucial scene and they tried to combine two scenes. And may, maybe maybe they did in Broadchurch and I just didn't recognize it. But okay. um, it's the introduction of, of uh, Miller and Carver at the crime scene. Right. And so the way that that was handled, I felt in Grace Point was not as clean. Carver comes in and starts bossing her around. No, hey, I'm Carver. I'm new here. I'm this, you know, I'm You the, took my job. Right. None of that exchange. And then so when he's coaching her on, when he just goes straight into coaching her on how to handle death and tells her she doesn't have any experience with this and mm-hmm. he does, just felt a little off to me. Yeah. No, I, I I actually agree with both of those points. I felt like they were a little bit uh, better done. I felt like they were they there was a, just maybe they held the look a little bit longer. And I could be wrong on Broadchurch, but here he tries to stop her from getting to the body on the beach, and they introduce each other kind of at, in the same motion. And I thought those were like he met her outside the body, recognized that she was a fellow cop, right. Did in in, in Broadchurch didn't he recognize yeah, her? He did the same thing. Yep. Yeah, yep. Um, so that made it a little bit clunkier here. Yeah. Um, the other thing, the other scene that I noticed was lacking in, in Grace Point, which I felt was a really powerful scene in, in Broadchurch, and spoke to the character of of the father, which I don't remember the father's name in Broadchurch. Mark, here it's, yeah. it's it's Mark and both yeah, of them. Mark okay. Latimer in Broadchurch. Okay, yeah, Mark Solano here. Uh, when he is going to see the body, he wants to see the body of his son for sure. Yeah as he's trying to walk into the building to see his son's dead body, he gets stopped by somebody asking him to sign a petition. Right. And right. you think about where you would mentally be. That's the last, are you kidding me? You want me to sign a stupid petition? My right son now? is dead. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And, and in broad church, he handles that with grace. He tries to blow him off and the guy pushes and he doesn't lose his cool. He says, okay, what does he want me to do? And it just, like I said, spoke to the character. That that was a little, I thought it was an important scene to help us understand who Mark is and how he ticks and how he thinks about other people. And we didn't get that scene here. No, it, we didn't. And I agree. I think that was an important scene. It also kind of helped establish, you know, you've got that great establishing shot with the community. Everybody knows everybody else. Uh-huh. 
but you don't really, at least in the way that it was shot, and I don't know if it was just the lighting, I didn't really get the sense, and it may just be because I know, right, I know the whole story, or mm-hmm, I know mm-hmm. what the story was in Broadchurch. The innocence is already lost for me. People coming into this may, may, may not have had that. But that scene right there shows, you know, hey, this is a community. People still sign their names on petitions and they help each other out to try right. and get stuff done. Right. You know, and you didn't really have any of that that here. So anyways. Yeah. That was so, just a couple of little yeah. things that I, that I noticed. Did you have anything else? It, it, and, and one other thing. Yeah. Uh, the cut scenes, I felt like were too fast. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that was great about Broadchurch, it, it would linger on a scene maybe too long. I don't know, 10 seconds where you get a nice, you know, shot of the coast mm-hmm. and it would kind of help break up the, you know, emotionally staggering scenes from scene to scene. Yeah. You would just get a setting of, you know, just how idyllic it is and how beautiful it is. And, you know, this really is kind of a tourist town. Right. Um, cut scenes were too fast and it felt like a lot of the dialogue felt, it just felt rushed to me uh-huh. a little bit. Yep. However, Kevin Finn on our, on our Facebook uh, page commented that he liked it a lot more than he thought he would the show and he said the pacing was great yeah so it's a matter of preference i'm sure it, it sure is i i think that f- they probably felt like for american audiences the the show couldn't uh take as leisurely of a pace yeah, it needed to, to to clip a little bit faster but i almost wish they would have slowed it down just a little bit there was one establishing shot in the very beginning which which means nothing but it was one that i appreciated from the very beginning uh for broad church and that is the the grandma is there at least they established why the grandma was there in, in grace point right. maybe so it's didn't. maybe it's more common in the uk for grandmas to live there i don't yeah. know but here they established why she was there which i appreciated um, cause I was always confused about that in Grace Point uh, or excuse me, broad church. Um, but you see as she's, as the grandma is making breakfast, we see the lunchbox yeah. and it's not mentioned right away. And then there's some dialogue and then the lunchbox comes into focus and the mom sees it and then it's brought in where here it was, it was seen and the mom sees it and it's brought in. There wasn't that five second interval there where the audience saw the lunchbox before it got brought into the, to the um, conversation. It was more like a two second interval or maybe it was a little bit longer than Broadchurch. But what I liked about it in Broadchurch, again, this means nothing in the long run, I don't think, but it was a, it was a, because the audience saw it, the camera was on it. They didn't do anything with it. And then they did. And yeah. it, I, to me, it was just one of those things where they were telling the audience you got to pay attention here. Yeah. We gave you a clue here. Yeah. You didn't know it was a clue until we just introduced it as a clue. And that was kind of the mind frame we needed to take into the show. And I wish they had done it just for that reason. But at the end of the day, I don't think it matters. I think we have that pretty well established by the end of the episode. And and I think that goes back to the pacing. I think you're right. They intentionally sped up the pacing for American audience and not just American audiences, but network television audiences. Right. Right. I mean, you get, you get the kind of pacing um, you know, Mad Men is a great example. It's a much slower paced mm-hmm, show. Mm-hmm. You don't have the rapid cut scenes. I think for network television, I, I don't think Mad Men would have made it, you know, three episodes. And yet it's supposed to, you know, supposedly one of the greatest shows, right? you know, the last 20 years, right? But because of the pacing, because of the dialogue, you know, it's a very dialogue heavy, very period piece show. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't have worked. Yeah. Same thing with, um, 
which I've never seen. Downton Abbey, I've I've heard is the same way. Right? Yeah, and I've never seen it yeah, either. So. Yeah. Um, but having said that, I mean, it, it, it might come across as, as, as if we're, we're dog and grace point. No. I, I, I don't feel that way. I don't no. feel like you're, you're that way no, either. No, no. Uh, just a couple of subtle differences there. And, and I think it really does come down to who the, who the audience is that the show's being shown for. That's right. And I think, I think this will work a lot better for the, for the American audiences. Yeah. And the reason we're able, Daryl and I are able to pick like two or three scenes that are different <laughs> is because it's almost almost shot mm-hmm. for shot identical to the Broadchurch pilot, yeah. which I, I see as a strength because the pilot was so strong for Broadchurch. Mm-hmm. I think they've taken that slightly tweaked it for American audiences and reproduced it in a, in a, in a really good way. It was just, it was just weird to see, you know, the same exact thing happening, but mm-hmm. with different people. It was deja vu yeah, all over it again. Was, it was really odd. So, and we talked about that in our intro episode, and and how they had the the production team had publicly stated that this was going to be. They talked about different ways they could do it, but at the end of the day, Broadchurch was so good. Why mess with such a good thing? But from there, it will diverge. And you know, the the mode of death here is is already a diverging point where we could see the show going in a different different way. Absolutely, and I will say that American shows. Uh, British television, I think they do a lot of things and they do a lot of things well. Um, I like the short seasons, mm-hmm. but typically two series, three series, what they call their seasons. Right. That's the max that you'll ever get. And it's usually, you know, a 10 episode season would be a long, long season over there. Mm-hmm. So you're able to do a lot more as far as explore characters with with American television and you can get a lot more seasons out of it. Perfect example is The Office. Mm-hmm which I think had two seasons and a special. Everybody loved the show, but they just didn't want to do it anymore. We got nine seasons. <laughs> yeah. I think it was a nine or 10. I don't, I don't know. Man. It was a lot of, it was, it was a, lot. a lot of shows. Yeah. And you know what? It was, a, it was still a strong show. Yeah. Yeah. At the end. So it's still a show that when it's on, you know, late at night on syndication, it's yeah. like, Oh, this is funny. I'll, I'll, you know, it's still funny. It, right? really, yeah. It's it still is. timely. So, yeah. Definitely. So, so it does open up a lot of things, and, and that's why I'm excited to see them doing Grace Point. Yeah, me too. I I loved it. I loved the pilot, and and uh, now I, I'm curious to see how I'll be moving forward because everything's fresh for me moving forward. I've only seen Broadchurch pilot, as we've made very clear. So I can't wait to to see where where our conversations go for next week. But for this week, we certainly have a whole lot more ground to cover here. We sure do. Um, so you want to talk about the things that you noticed within the show? Well, so just, yeah, just some different things here. I think that because I've only seen the broad church pilot, I don't know what a lot of these things mean. I don't know where a lot of these things are going to go. And this was something that struck me in broad church. And certainly here in grace point is where, um, Carver says, oh, God, please don't do this to me. Yeah. Now, we get some more clues as the episode goes on that he there was some sort of murder investigation that he was a part of. Something didn't go well. The reporter even says that maybe he should have been held uh, accountable for that. Liable. Yeah. Liable. Yeah. So I'm guessing those two comments are related. I don't know, but I'm very curious about that. Yeah, it sounds like he's... Uh, you know, I think the the captain mentioned, hey, you came here to kind of get away from it all. Right. And this is, you know, you should give it to Miller because this is this puts you kind of back in the same situation as Rosemont or something Rosemont, like that. Rosemont, yeah. Rosemont. Yeah. So when he walks up on the dead body, he's... 
He's having deja vu all over. Yeah, again. and he's really not. <laughs> <laughs> he's not happy. But just like every good cop, right, or firefighter, or you know anybody who's in a in a public service yep. role, immediately buttons it down and does his job. Right. right. There's a job to do. That's right. We got to do it. Right. Yeah. You know. You hear stories about firefighters that were part of 9-11 uh-huh. you know really you know soldiers same thing right yep soldiers in iraq and really ellie did that too when she came home for briefly to to shower and she speaks with her husband there and, and tom her son you know she has the same she has her game face on yeah and then she just breaks and yeah. she's like i can't do this yeah. i can't do this and she says that actually she says that at a different point i think but uh but but either rate yeah she's she's feeling that same thing like there's no way i can do this and you know i think that's the way life is when tragedy hits us and we lose a loved one and you you think there's no way i can i don't know how to get the next foot in front of the one i'm i'm putting down right now yeah. but somehow you muster the the ability to do that. And then that footstep leads to the next one, which eventually leads you to a place that you can deal with it. But I think we could really identify with that. Even if we've never been as she is a police officer, I think we could identify with that sentiment. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think tragedy, you know, tragedy is universal in life. Yeah, it may yeah. come in different forms or different degrees, right? Uh, you know, losing a child and having a child murdered is something uh, I can't relate to. Hopefully right. I, I never will be able right. to relate to, but those emotions, at least for me, being a father, are very real. I mean, mm-hmm. those are things that I'm sure you do. You could, you can worry about, right? Right. You can imagine in your mind what it would be like to lose a child, and it it's <laughs> it can be really emotional. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I you mentioned uh, the emotional scene of the family on the couch in your notes here. Yeah. <sighs> well done. That that was a scene in Broadchurch that that. I thought, uh, I don't know if they can live up to that scene. Yeah. And there's a couple of those scenes throughout the, the broad church pilot. This one, it gave me goosebumps. Just watching them, everyone pulled it off so, so yeah. well. You know, the, there was, there was a, there were a couple of lines here and there that, that I thought were, I don't know, they felt off to me, yeah. but not, not that scene on the couch. It was just powerful. Yeah, it was really good. And, you know, seeing uh, Michael Pena, yeah. his, his, Mark Solano character, you know, he's, he's a different, you know, you see him in things mm-hmm. and you know exactly, you know, what you're going to get. Right. Right. <laughs> he, he, he emotes in a certain way. Right. Right. Um, you know, he's got a game face that he tries to put on and right. then you kind of see the cracks in it. And so I thought he did a great job on the couch. You know, I, I almost teared up when, he visited Danny, you know, in the, yeah. in the morgue. That was a very emotional scene just to watch the emotion play out on his face. It was, yeah. it was really, although that was another scene that they rushed a little bit in grace right. point. It, it was, there was a few more extra lines. He paused longer at the body. He broke a little bit more, uh, softly or, or more slowly yeah. in, in broad church. And I wish they had done it here. I felt like it was a little bit rushed here, but still Mark Pena did a fantastic job. Michael. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Thank you. It's going to be, I'm going to do that oh, no. more than I'm once gonna, with, with the character the and the yes. actor name being so close. Yeah. Hugo Garcia. I, mean, I know, right? <laughs> what are they doing to us over I don't here? Know. <laughs> it's going to be tough. If right? he ended up, if at the end of the story, Jorge. he ends up working at, at Mr. Cluck's Chicken Shack, yes. <laughs> we're all in trouble. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be Jorge Hurley. Yeah, right? it is. It really is. <laughs> uh, Daryl, anything else you noticed? 
Well, you know, just thinking about how we're going to, to, to run down these suspects and we're going to, that's going to be a big part of our conversation throughout the entire series or, or we'll, I don't know whether they call it a yeah. series or a season at this point, yeah. but technically it's a series at this point. Um, so we're, for me, I'm, I'm looking at every scene, every character, every interaction, every piece of body language and trying to interpret it in a way that's going to give me a clue or not. Right. So the reverend with that, and that opening establishing shot, Hey, I thought you were going to be at this soccer game. You know, Mark, Mark says to him, he says, Oh, I got caught up with something. Well, that was our clue. That's fishy, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was something. Yeah. Um, another clue, the CSI who's, who's, uh, Jorge Garcia. <laughs> Um, says that there's no evidence that that Danny was up on the cliff. Yet we saw Danny on the cliff. Right. So that's a little bit off. However, I think we can eliminate Danny, uh, not Danny, uh, obviously Danny, uh, Owen, who is the the Twitter journalist, right? Right. And he got the tip from Ellie, so I think we can eliminate him. So I'm just kind of going through this and kind of just looking at different clues and trying to interpret them. Now, it sounds like they're related He's. She called him sis or aunt. Or aunt. It's aunt. I believe. Okay, yeah. yeah. Something. Yeah. And they had the same relationship in Broadchurch. Yes. Yes, they did. Yeah. So. Okay. What about you? Any any clues you picked up? Um. On? You know, really obvious things. Danny left his house. Looked like by his own volition because he was on a skateboard in the middle of the night. His bed was untouched. Bed was untouched. So he it looked like he had never actually gone to sleep. Mm-hmm. So. Looks like he was going to meet somebody, maybe. Yeah. Or maybe he's just going to hang out. Seems kind of odd, though. Yeah, it does. Uh, I don't know who it is. Yeah. You know, you made the note here that his skateboard and cell phone are missing. Yeah. Where are those? Are they going to find them? And if they do, uh, what will that lead them down the right path or the the wrong path? You right. Know? So, those, again, those are clues we need to remember. Yeah. And then, of course, the big one, I think. Well, there, there's a couple, right? Mark Solano wasn't at home when Danny died. Yeah. Which was kind of a big reveal. So. And when his wife confronted him on it, he just says, I was at, I was on a job. Working. Which, okay, he's a plumber, right? Right. He is the plumber, it looks the, like, for, for a tiny town. Right. right? Somebody could yeah. have a, a water line break at three in the morning and, you know, Absolutely. he's the guy, right, if he wants and, to make any you, money. That can't wait. That's right. There's water spewing everywhere. So, yep. You know, if it was my job... And I said, somebody called me in late to work at three in the morning <laughs> and I had to go into the office. That wouldn't fly. Yeah. But, but okay for him, right? Well, sure it could, but, but I wouldn't just say I was on the job. I would have said, I, you know, the, yeah, the was, Robertson's hot water exactly, heater broke. That's right. And there was water going into their house. Right. Something. I wouldn't just say I was on a job. Yeah. That seemed way too suspicious. Yeah. Fishy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark picked up on something. I, I overlooked this when we were talking about it. I want to circle back around okay. so, we don't, so we don't skip it. But Mark had uh, something that he picked up on as well okay. about the CSI guy. One person that I am suspicious of, and he's actually not on your Golden Spiral Media suspect poll, is Hugo Garcia, the CSI. Because there was something suspicious about him when he said that there was no evidence that Danny was on top of the cliff. And yet in the opening scene we definitely saw Danny standing at the top of the cliff looking down. So we know that Danny was there, and yet this CSI says that Danny was never at the top of the cliff. So there's something up with him, but I actually don't think that he's the murderer. Mm, okay. 
Is it possible that Danny was on a different cliff? There's there's quite a stretch of cliffs there. So could he have been in a, a, a different spot than where he was standing? Or could he have been standing in a different spot than when he was later found? And that maybe that's the simple explanation? Sure, but it does seem awfully suspicious. Sure. Right? I don't know why they would have it would show one and, and say another unless it was important. Okay. I'm with Mark on this. It's it's fishy. Okay. And I feel like I I have spoilers because I've watched the other show, yeah, but I don't a, really have spoilers because they're going to change it, right? Yeah, so. well, they you you don't know. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. Yeah. So I don't want to know what you know from, okay. from Broadchurch. Okay, and yeah. I'm not going to tell you. So. Good. Um, you know, I think the other thing, the other big one was we saw Tom deleting the texts. Yeah. And, you know, not just going through and deleting either pictures or emails on his computer. Yeah. He formatted his hard drive. He formatted his hard drive. Which is like the most drastic thing that you could probably do, right? Yeah, he's... So, help me out here. What do you think's happening? Do you think he and Danny are involved with something? Or that Danny got involved with something and he was reaching out to Tom just as an outlet because he was his best friend? So, do you think it's just Danny or are they both into something? Mm. I'm going to say... I'm going to say it's just Danny. I was going to go the other way. Okay. I think they're both in on something. Okay. Maybe Danny to a different degree, but I think we could probably both agree that whatever Danny was involved with, Tom knows about it. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but yeah, erasing the hard drive, deleting the texts. Yeah. And I have to say he's 11, right? Yeah. But do you know any 11 year olds that have a future phone? My 11 year old doesn't, but she says that at her school, she's one of the few that doesn't. I'm talking about a phone where you have to type in T9, right? Oh, oh, that. No, no, they all have Every, smartphones. Everybody's got smartphones. Yeah. So, especially in Northern California. Yeah, I think, right? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a bit odd yeah, too. So, anyways. <laughs> yeah. No, my daughter doesn't even have a cell phone of any kind. Mike Gorham says, you know, Miller's son deleting the text and hard drive was a good hook, which I agree, right? Mm-hmm. I think it'll lead to a different path that, although it may be significant to Miller's family and the town, I think it won't be connected to the homicide. The kid just thinks it is at this point. So that's a good thought. Yeah, he he's just scared. He Maybe he doesn't know what led to the death, and um, it, it's just covering, covering your butt. I think that they threw out a bunch of red herrings in this episode, or, you know, for example, the oh, priest. Yeah. Right. Hey, missed you at the soccer game. Yeah, I had something. If it turns out to be the priest, I'm going to be really disappointed because that's like the oldest trope in the book. It's always the 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 priest because he's supposed to be holy and, and more righteous than everybody else. For American audiences, right? And it wouldn't, yeah, I mean, murder would be a stretch. Yeah, but... Child st- abuse would not be a stretch, right, sure. for a TV show. <laughs> right, no question. But even then, I... I will be disappointed if the if it ends up being hung on the, uh, yeah, no, on I, the priest. I, that's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, that's... And and frankly, Tom too. Okay, and, and maybe even Garcia. You know, those seem to be the three biggest suspects in my mind. And so, for me, for that reason, I'm swatting them down. Okay, I'm not falling for that. I may be, you know, clearly I can't take the glass in front of me because you know what I mean. That's where yes. I feel like I'm at in this case. Yes, and uh, so I have to. I have to. I clearly can't take those those cups oh, in front of me. Yeah. Okay. So you're you're taking Occam's razor and throwing it completely out the window. I point. certainly am. Yeah, you know me. I've <laughs> yes. always been a a, a a disavower of Occam's razor. <laughs> <laughs>
Wow, we, yes. that's like season one friend dialogue. There you go. Dialogue yeah, there. you're that, welcome that for that. Really, uh, bringing it back. Yeah. <laughs> so, Daryl, what do you think was in those messages? Do you have any thoughts? Um, I, I think Mark has some thoughts that I that I share. I want to. I want to. I'll let him say it. Okay. Uh, we're going to get to him in just a little while okay. at, towards the end of our our show. But I I kind of had the similar thought that he did. That okay. the two boys are into something that he's trying to cover. All right, just a couple more notes. Okay. Uh, you know, we we saw the journalist steal Danny's favorite monkey from the yeah from the memorial site, which Why? seems really dirty, creepy. Why would you do that? I don't know. Maybe it's worth some money. Maybe she's gonna sell it on eBay or write a book about it. Yeah, but See, yeah, I don't know why she would do that. Doesn't think- I mean that would be like somebody going to the Oklahoma City bombing memorial. And like taking some personal effect that some parent has left for their child. That's exactly That's terrible. what it's equal it's, to. Yeah, it's like... It's Unless there's something inside it. Ooh, could be a piece of evidence. Yeah, I don't see that, but I can't think of any reason why she would do that. Hopefully hopefully she'll get caught and they'll light her up about it. Or maybe she sees it as an angle. Uh, she's going to gift it or, or use it as an inroad somewhere. Uh, maybe even with the family. Hey, I... I saw this or, you know, she's going to make up a story of how it yeah. came into her possession and, and give her an inroad somewhere. Yeah. Could be. That's a good thought. You know, Nick Dolte. Yeah. Nice touch. Right? I don't know him personally, but I know of his work. Yes. <laughs> Very funny, Daryl. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, 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 I think he did a great job of playing the salty sea. Uh, yeah. Sea captain. Right. He's, he's, he's aged perfectly for so this. He, role. Oh yeah. Well, and you know, his gruff voice. Yeah. Yeah. It was perfect. Yeah. Arg. Yeah. I mean, you can almost picture him being a modern day pirate, right? Uh, yes. He was, he <laughs> seemed perfect for this role. So I'm going to start calling him Captain Jack. Yeah. He also has a very suspicious air around him. Yes. Um, and you know, we'll see, we're going to get to our, our, our own prime suspects list here in just a few moments. We'll see where he falls on mine. But you know, you heard, uh, Carver question him uh-huh. saying, you know, are, are you married? Yeah. And he said, no, are you? Yeah, exactly. Fired it right back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that has to be sadly in this day and age. Yeah. That has to be a question that's, right. that's, that's approached. Yeah. If they're doing their job. That's right. right. Yeah. But you know, Carver is definitely suspicious of everybody, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't live in this town, right? Yeah. So he's got a He's got a fresh perspective, I think, which is good. That's it. Yes. Because, you know, he doesn't, he's, he's not assuming anybody, right? Right. Ellie Miller is going to be like, oh, it can't be. It can't be. Yeah. Gemma. Yeah. I've known Gemma for. Yeah. Right. We just had a, a, a local investigation going on here where this very beloved, I don't know if it was a custodian or a bus driver, because we've had both, yeah. uh, one in our town and one in another town yeah. uh, here in Oklahoma City, uh, very beloved by the kids and the, and the faculty doing inappropriate things yes. with some of the children, yeah. you know? And so you, as I said, as sad as it is, you have to ask those questions. Yeah. You have to suspect everyone. Yeah. And the local person would say, Oh no, not, not captain Jack. He's yeah. been in our, we've, we've known him for years. Yeah. He's all the children and blah, blah, blah. Well, maybe not. Maybe yeah. Not. Yeah. You, yeah. You don't even know. Yeah. All right, Daryl. Well, that's all I had. Yeah. So, so good. It's, it's a fun, gosh, I love whodunits. I have said that years and years as we've talked about episodes of various shows where we got to play the whodunit for that episode. I always love those. So to have a good whodunit for an entire season, yeah, man, I couldn't be happier. I know. I I just couldn't. I, yeah, I love it. You know, and, and 
you know, you talk about one of the other whodunit shows that's mm-hmm. been on recently, which was The Killing. Mm-hmm. So far, Grace Point is much better. I yeah. mean, it's only the pilot, right? Right. But, but you know, the fact they're going to get it done in 10 episodes... You know, or so they say. Or so they say. <laughs> or so they say. If they don't, I'm gonna I'm gonna be mad. I'll be surprised I'll be because mad they have the said <laughs> that they've made it pretty clear that the killer will be revealed yes. in the tenth episode. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and and not, no spoilers on the on the killing, but I will say that they they don't get to it the first season. Yeah. Which I didn't know. I never watched yeah. the killing. I've known people to that I have, and yeah. and but I never knew that little factoid about it. Yeah, which is why a lot of people abandon it after the first season because yeah. they're so mad i would be but yeah, yeah i would too you know yeah i mean you you're 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 totally invested and you're like all right this is it this is the finale they're gonna pay it off yeah you know and everything led right up to it like yeah. okay we know who it's gonna be and i don't even like back in the day with the whole who killed laura palmer with twin peaks yeah. i don't even think that people felt that way about that show i mean in, in fact i think it was the opposite when they did finally reveal who the killer was and i won't spoil that because you, if you haven't seen twin peaks that's worth a watch yeah which i haven't i haven't seen it um they tweeted this week uh david lynch and the other guy's name is escaping me Sim- huh the actor i don't think it was okay. simultaneously tweeted i don't remember the quote of the of the tweet but it made it sound like Twin Peaks is coming back in some way. I don't know wow. if it's going to be a show or a movie or a mini series, but interesting. Yeah. yeah, and I love a good I love a good Who Done It. So so any at any rate, and I don't think this is going to do what either of those shows did. Hopefully, hopefully they'll get it wrapped up. Yeah. Well, we've got one more here. We've got a couple more, but one more I want to play from Mark here at okay. this point, where he's uh, and I think you already touched on this, um, but he's got some things he wants to ask you specifically. Okay. I'm very curious, Clint. You mentioned in your introductory podcast that you have seen all of Broadchurch. Without spoiling anything, can you say that now that you know who the killer was in Broadchurch, if you went back and watched it from the beginning, were there enough clues to actually pinpoint the murder from early on in the season? Or was it something that you had to get kind of halfway through before you had enough evidence to actually pinpoint who the actual murderer was? Now, earlier, I think you, you said halfway through the season, but I thought I'd go ahead and play the clip anyway, just to kind of, so we could address it squarely. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think, I think that there were enough red herrings in Broadchurch. There were enough red herrings that if I didn't know who it was rewatching it, you know, when, once you know, you look for clues, right? Mm-hmm, right. There were enough clues, I think, for you to be able to figure it out in some capacity, but there were enough red herrings they did a really good job of kind of diverting suspicion from this person hmm. who it ended up being, and I don't want to give anything away, where they may have had some suspicion. It, I can't even say that because that's kind of spoilery, but you know, let's just say that they had some suspicion and then that suspicion was resolved and they moved on to suspicion on somebody else, right? Okay. I'm not saying that that's what happened. I'm just saying that even when you got up to the final episode, I think in the final episode you knew probably 10, 15 minutes into it, you knew who it was. Okay. But up until that point... That's really well done then. It was really well done. Okay. So, like I said, my parents, based on one, no kidding, a three-second, three-second clip, like a three-second, like, thing that happened in the background of another scene in passing... Did they were they, able to pick up on it and and make it make a educated guess and get it, but I would have never gotten it. Did they both catch it, or did they like as they were talking about it pick up? They on had it? to talk through it for like several hours. Okay, and, you know who is it? 
wow. is it going to be? You See, know, that's so well yeah, done. It is. Yeah. So okay, which is why I'm really excited about Grace Point yeah. because it's going to be that same level uh-huh. with somebody different. So yeah. it'll be fun figuring oh, man, it out. That's exciting. All right, what was your episode rating? You know, I gave it a six missed sack races mm-hmm. and I don't feel like it's fair for me to rate this episode just because I was so weirded out by it. <laughs> you know it was good yeah but it really was like traveling to a parallel universe yeah well I gave it an eight I gave it eight inappropriate tweets and and for those of you who are new to podcasts hosted by Clinton myself these are basically the same rating an eight for me <laughs> is like a six for Clint yeah I've got I've got like a Two handicaps, so you have to add. Right, exactly. That's <laughs> uh, funny. Uh, all right. Any any closing thoughts or questions you have for next week, other than who in the world killed Danny Solano? No, you know, I I ask one question about what people thought of David Tennant's accent. Yeah, accent. Yeah, I think everybody pretty well received. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So. Well, we're going to have a Twitter poll question of the week. I failed to mention this in our last podcast, so and I probably could have gone ahead and, and did it, but I think the, the the main question this week was, who do you think killed Danny Solano? And right. that would have been the Twitter poll question. And I think as we got people calling in, Mark gave or will be giving his, his prime suspect and stuff, that's going to be kind of the over, overall question anyway as we, as we go. However, we'll have a new question each week that we'll tweet out. So follow us on Twitter over at Grace Point GSM and we will uh, tweet it out each week and we'll tweet it out a few times and then we'll include your responses to that tweet in our podcast. Make sure when you respond, you have to use the hashtag GPTwit, Grace Point Twit. That way we can easily track all of those answers and get them included in the podcast. So make sure you include the hashtag GPTwit and we'll start that next week. That's right. And I think the show will lend itself to good questions. Like yeah. the question from this week might have been, where was Mark? Mm-hmm. Right. When Could his, have been. Yeah. When his son died. Yeah. So. And you know, yeah, so many questions. I mean, there's a ton, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, why isn't Jack married? Who's the creepy lady with the dog that mm-hmm. everyone voted for? <laughs> no one voted for her. One vote. Oh, you voted for her. I'm sorry. I was looking in the wrong spot. Yes. She is. Well, that gets us right into our prime suspects list. And so here's what we're doing with the prime suspects list every week. I will give you my, we have 18 suspects. I'll give you my top 18. Uh, Clint will give you his top 18. And then we will uh, present the top 18 that is currently projecting via our poll. Again, goldenspiralmedia.com slash prime suspect. All one word there on prime suspect. So my number one suspect at this point is creepy dog lady, otherwise known as Susan Wright. Okay. And my number one is Kathy Eaton, who is the editor-in-chief of the Grace Point Journal. Okay. And the prime suspect poll leader at this point is little Tom Miller. Tom, Mr. Tom That uh, hard drive erasing text message deleting uh, vaulted him to the top of the list. I say it did make him look awfully suspicious. <laughs> it sure did. If he's not guilty of murder, he's certainly guilty of something. Of right? something, that's yeah. right, yeah. Uh, from there, my list is Dean Iverson, who is the boyfriend of Chloe. Which they haven't announced yet, right? Uh, Well, yeah, they were kind of hugging on each other a little bit. They were? Yeah, when they delivered the bear thingy. Okay. Oh, that's right, yep. 
And then Vince Novick is my third suspect. Vince is the co-worker of Mark. Right. Followed by CSI guy Hugo Garcia. And then from there, it really gets thin. Like Mark is my next, and I don't know about him. I don't know that I suspect him a whole lot, but he wasn't home. He wasn't on the job or, or he had this suspicious thing about his job. So there's that. Right. Then you have Jim Fisher, who is the, uh, the innkeeper. Right. Is that right? right? Yeah. That's right. Yep. Um, and then Tom. And then Tom. See, now I'm th- these are the people they want us to suspect. Tom Miller, Jack Reinhold, Raymond Connolly. He's the you dropped your wrench guy. Right. Uh, Joe Miller, who is um, Ellie's husband. Ellie's husband. Yeah. Right. And Reverend Paul Coates. I'm putting him way down. He's the reverend. I'm not following Too for obvious, it. Too right. Yeah. And then you had my number one, Kathy Eaton. I have to get all the way to 12 before I get to your number one. And and I will just tell you that 12 is the last slot in Daryl's list because 13 through 18, he has crossed them off the list. I, I am so confident they are not it. Okay. I've already eliminated them. All right. And so who, who are those? Uh, Chloe, the sister. Okay. Beth, the mother. Okay. Uh, Renee Clemens, who was the reporter from San Francisco. Right. Okay. She's in San Francisco. Right. She, she can't be it. Okay. Uh, Owen Burke, who is the Twitter guy. Twitter journalist. Yeah. He, junior journalist. He, he's a, he's an idiot. He found out from Ellie, so he doesn't know. He yeah. wasn't it. And then you have Ellie and Emmett. I just can't believe that either of the lead detectives are going to be it. So I've, I've eliminated Chloe, Beth, Renee, Owen, and both detectives. Okay. How's the rest of your list? All right. Like? So after Kathy, um, you and I have the same person in the second slot, which is Dean Iverson. Mm-hmm. I have I have Tom in the third slot. So you're falling for the text message uh, hard drive stuff. I'm falling for it. All you right. could say that. I'm falling for it. <laughs> like I have any insider knowledge. I I think, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Susan Wright, which is your number one. Creepy dog lady. Is my number five. Okay. Then I've got Jim Fisher. We both have her at six. Yep, at six. Vince Novak, who's the helper. Uh-huh, the plumber helper. Jack, Raymond, Paul. Jack is the salty sea captain, Captain Jack. Right. Raymond is the you dropped your wrench guy. Paul is the vicar or the reverend. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe, Ellie's husband. Then Owen, then Hugo. Hugo's the CSI guy. Owen is the... Twitter guy. Twitter guy. <laughs> okay, and 14 is Chloe, but still on the list. Uh-huh. 15 is Ellie, also still on the list. Yeah. And then I've cro- I've only crossed off three people. So you have Ellie on the list. I think Ellie, she's at the bottom of the list. You're right. She's she's one slot away from being crossed That's off. That's right. All right. So who have you crossed off? Um, I crossed off Renee Clemens, who is the the person from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. She would have to I mean, it's possible, right? Sure. But she sure acted surprised when some random person came up and told her about the story. Yeah. So I think it's safe to say that's probably not her. Beth Solano, the, the mom. mom. Mm-hmm. Either she's an incredible sociopath. Right. Or she's not on the list. Yeah. And then Emmett. I don't think there's any way that it could be Emmett. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, the, uh, the prime suspect poll right now, not everybody has votes. So... Tom is the leading vote getter. I guess I should pull up the poll and read off the votes. Let me do that. I'm going to refresh because yeah. I know Mark. I know who Mark was going to vote for based on what he said. You know the that um, I don't think he did CSI vote. guy was was not on the website and he wasn't yet when I when Mark recorded that he's on the website now. So yeah, 
Uh, Hugo still doesn't have a vote, so I'm guessing Mark will vote for him, but he doesn't yet. So right now, Tom Miller uh, leading the way. Number two is Mark Solano, the father. And then we have a few uh, with just one vote right now. That's Susan Wright, Dean Iverson, uh, Jim Fisher, Kathy Eaton. Yeah, which, which is, is what you voted yep. for. Uh, Raymond Connolly uh, dropped the wrench guy, which one of our Facebook uh, contributors uh, talked about suspecting him. Right. And then I'm going to go ahead and put Hugo Garcia in there because Mark said that that was his, the guy he's looking, leaning towards right okay. now. So those are the only people that have votes. So Vince, the Reverend, uh, San Francisco journalist, uh, the, the Twitter reporter, uh, none of them have votes. Ellie's husband doesn't have a vote. Uh, the sister doesn't have a vote. Captain Jack doesn't have a vote. The mom doesn't have a vote. And neither of the detectives have a vote. So go over to goldenspiralmedia.com slash prime suspect and get your vote on. You can vote once a week. You can vote more than that. But we're asking you to keep it to once a week. After every episode, go in there and cast a vote to uh, to update your vote for, uh, for what you think. Who did it? I like it. Yeah. All right. Well, um, before we wrap up, we want to tell you how you can uh, get involved with next week's show. We mentioned the Twitter already. That is Grace Point GSM. You can also, uh, I've, we've mentioned the Facebook group quite a few times. We've had some really good conversation going on over there. That's facebook.com slash groups slash Grace Point Revealed. So facebook.com slash groups slash Grace Point Revealed. If you'd like to leave us feedback, you can leave us feedback at www.goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback. There are two ways to leave feedback. Uh, you can leave your written feedback using the website. It's just a form. You're going to mm-hmm. select Grace Point Revealed Podcast and then leave your feedback directly there. And that'll get emailed directly to us or sent directly to us. You can also use the Grace Point Journal hotline there on the right-hand side of the page known as Grace Pipe. And you just click on that and you can leave audio feedback. You can also call in your feedback at 304-837-2278. All right, just a reminder that the deadline, uh, the show airs on Thursday. The deadline is Sunday at noon. We do the podcasts Sunday evening. For advertising opportunities and support, visit goldenspiralmedia.com slash support. Well, that's going to wrap it up here. We do want to encourage you to go and check out. We have so many new podcasts we have launched for Golden Spiral Media for the fall here. Just in case you're not aware, we have Arrow, which um, premieres this week or next week. Once Upon a Time, The Blacklist, Flash, uh, Doctor Who, uh, Gotham, which I've really enjoyed Gotham so yeah, far. Yeah, so far it's been it's been really good. It's a great. It's probably. The new show that I would recommend checking out for this season so far. Besides day. Grace Point. Besides the show that they're listening to, Daryl. <laughs> they're obviously watching Grace Point. Uh, Person of Interest and the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and uh, one more Sleepy Hollow. We, have, we also have one more show that we'll announce next week. So a lot of stuff. Go check out goldenspiralmedia.com slash podcast. Uh, Daryl, can you give them the names? Because the names are not always obvious, right? So the Doctor Who one I know is called Don't Blink. Don't Blink, right. Sleepy Hollow is called Witness Prophecies. Okay. Shield, Agents of Shield is called The Sandbox. Person of Interest podcast covers Person of Interest. Okay. See, I I host that one in Grace Point. I, I keep them simple. I don't get creative on the titles. Uh, Gotham is called Gotham Undercover. The Flash is called Central City Underground. Okay. The Blacklist is called The Blacklist Exposed. So that one's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beyond Storybrook is for Once Upon a Time, and Arrow Squad covers 
Arrow. That's right. And so we've added a bunch of new hosts. Daryl has done a great job. And I say we, being Golden Spiral Media, mm-hmm. uh, has added a bunch of new hosts. Um, so you're going to get the same in-depth discussion that you're used to. You're going to get the same high-quality production values that you're used to, all part of the Golden Spiral Media Network. That's right. None of them, not all of them sing like you do. Some of them do, though. Some See, of them there sing. You go. Yeah. That's right. So yeah. it's worth it. You'll have to go, you have to go the search them out to figure out which ones have singing hosts besides this one. All right. Well, thanks for tuning into this episode. It's, it's always a pleasure, Clint, podcasting with you. We hope that you will tell a friend about us next week and uh, tune in for Grace Point and tune in for Grace Point Revealed. And until then, suspect everyone. You dropped your wrench. I'm not a man, 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 I'